This week, this sorry excuse for a podcast is sponsored by Lilith's Mattresses. Lilith's Mattresses have a unique combination of high-performance straw and hypoallergenic newt-scale filling, which delivers contouring pressure relief, core support, and a guaranteed 87% lice-free sleep. Oh, that just sounds awful. In my experience, people need a few lice to remind them that they're alive. Nothing like a good rash to focus the mind. Well, I suppose if you want to spend good money on a glorified sack of straws, I suppose you should get one. Hello, hello, hello. Here on Morris's official tabletop RPG talk, it's me, Peter Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers, and with me today is my mucus-filled and stalwart companion. Yeah, it's me, Morris, a.k.a. Russ. Um, I'm letting Peter do more of the talking this week because I still have a bowler, as you may recall from last week. <laughs> Apologise for my voice. Hopefully Daryl can edit around the coughing and spluttering. I was almost tempted to cancel it this week. But we have an important top ten podcast to count down. And I know people are eagerly awaiting to hear the results. Super eager. So I had to not let them down. Absolutely. I can't even form sentences correctly now. <laughs> well, could you ever, Russ? Could you ever? <laughs> That's the question we have to ask. Oh, Russ, Russ, have you seen on iTunes? We've had reviews. Now, what's iTunes? Uh, insert sound of face being slapped <laughs> here. <laughs> mm, yes, Russ, very funny. Uh, so iTunes... As you know, it's quite important for the delivery of this podcast to many, many people, including our wonderful listeners. And speaking of wonderful listeners, uh, they include two who've written um, fantastic reviews for us. Wow. On the 14th and 13th of December. Wow. Great stuff. Um, I've got Ian D, who lives in the UK. Thanks very much, Ian. Uh, Ian what does he say? Go on. Yeah, Ian says... If you're into RPG of all types, not just D&D, these plucky Brits are delivering entertaining news. Their favourite game in all the world, sketches and some great interviews. Give these guys a listen. They're also active on their Facebook page. Hey, we are plucky Brits. Yeah, check I've us never out. been called a plucky Brit before. I'm going to go and get in my Spitfire. Are you okay to be more of a hack cough and Spitfire? <laughs> yeah. We hear what you're saying. Um, yeah. we, mm. uh, so we've got another one. Oh, we also had... Uh, yeah. Yeah, and then we had the D Project as well, uh, from the USA. Oh, I read that as the Ed Project. No, the D Project, yeah. Yeah, okay. It might also be the Ed Project, we don't know, but I'm going to say the D Project. Yeah, so he says, as a podcaster myself, I know how much work goes into each of these shows. As a fellow gamer, I enjoy the value Morris and the gang. Ah, you're the gang. I am the gang. Yay, I <laughs> made the gang stage. Yay. Bring with it. One day you'll earn a name of your own. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Bring with their funny bits and sketches, reviews, and general banter about games and gaming. If you haven't given them a listen yet, please do so, and you will be thoroughly entertained. Uh, well, well, thank you very much, Pauline. We really appreciate the positive feedback. That's very, if, very kind of you. If those are your real names. Thank you to the people masquerading as Paul and Ian <laughs> on the internet. Whether or not they're your real names, it could be a cunning double or maybe even a triple bluff. We liked it anyway. Uh, so um, I started something exciting last week. Oh, was it, was, it, was it a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle? Yes, but we're not talking about that right now. It is quite large. It's taking a large part of the room. <laughs> well, given the fact that each of the pieces of the foot square is 
I know. I didn't think you had enough space. It's lucky I live in this castle, really, isn't it? It is. Uh, because, of course, like, as all our American listeners know, all British people do live in castles. Mm. It makes a, a, a chilly, but... Yeah, so I, I, I suspect that would be a cold, cold place to live. <laughs> it would be a chilly, chilly place, yes. And I imagine most castles probably don't have good Wi-Fi either, trying to get through those stone walls. I don't live in such barbarism. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Russ, what, what exciting thing did you start? Well... What begins with D, yes. ends with D, and has Iskor in the middle. It's not Dungeons and Dragons. Is it Discord? It is Discord. Ah, yeah. It's like MSN and Skype had a beautiful, beautiful baby that works really well. Um, so, yeah, free voice and text chat. And that's available for listeners of the podcast. Uh, well, it's available to anybody. Yes. But we're going to have exciting... If you're a Patreon, you get a... Sp- Special, you get added to a special user group, which as yet doesn't do anything, but we can add special privileges to Patreon um, supporters. But generally speaking, it's basically a big chat room where you can pop on, discuss the podcast, discuss the latest episodes. Um, That's how great we are. And we plan to use it to, like, assuming my voice ever gets better and I recover from Ebola, uh, (laughs) run some games perhaps and hold some other little events sort of live on the Discord from time to time. Definitely looking forward to that. Yeah. But that does require me to survive the week, which seems unlikely right so now. there's a good 50-50 chance that this will be occurring in your future. My voice really yeah. does sound yeah. different, doesn't it? Mm. It's like... I, 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 don't, I don't mean to come across as cruel, but if you called me on the phone and started talking like that, I'd hang up on the ground. <laughs> I'd assume you were some sort of phone pervert. No offence. <laughs> yeah. Hello, it's me, Russ. I am okay. not. I am not very well. <laughs> Those of you who are listening for the first time, this isn't actually what my voice normally sounds like. Yes, in fact, the person who does the uh, Malak the Maleficent introduction is a different person altogether from Russ. Yes, my brother. Bum bum bum. Anyway, so Russ, uh, in my stepping up to being you in this parallel universe, <laughs> possibly where I have Arnold's goatee. Uh, <laughs> Can you tell me what's caught your eye this week? Uh, I was just um, thumbing through my collection of Starfinder flip maps. Ooh. Oh, yes. These things here. They're very... Oh. Hospitals, Urban Sprawl. Get in. Tina. Nice. Nice. Oh, oh, there we go. Bit of a... Starship there. Asteroid. Starship. Yeah. Another starship. Oh, oh, you got some Pathfinder maps as well. Yeah, so uh, Peso have been producing Pathfinder ones for, you know, donkey's years. Yeah. And they're great because they have, you know, poster size. There's a map on each side, each with a different thing on the other side. And over the last year or so, they've been producing Starfinder ones. Yeah. And one thing I've always noticed is it's really, really hard to find sci-fi sort of prepared maps. Oh, wow, yeah, this is... Especially gridded ones, which you can use for, you know, tabletop gaming. Yeah, this particular one, it's uh, well, it's poster size. We've got a couple of, um, looks like the bases of a tower with yeah. some steps leading into the middle. Which one is that? Tech Dungeon. That's a Pathfinder one, actually. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. It's got like a containment unit thing filled with swirling purple, I'm going to say void energy. Because every time I see void energy in a computer game... That's that colour well, purple. Well, the beauty of these things is it can be whatever you want because it's just a map. And you yes. just use it as and when you need to. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's really nice. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I use these. I mean, I don't use them for Starfinder specifically. I just no. use them for sort of general um, 
sci-fi oh. role playing. Like I used to, I've used them in Just Dread. I've used them in What's All Is New and stuff like that. And it's really useful. Not urban small. That map works really well in Just Dread, for example. Of course, yeah. And the cantina and things like that, and nightclubs and things like that, all kind of work well in that setting. I bet you could use it really well in war games as well. I would imagine so. Yeah, um, obviously more of the uh, skirmish style games, like uh, I don't know. Uh, the 40k kill team, um, got Malifaux. I mean, you could maybe even use some of the Pathfinder ones for their Necromander equivalent. Well, a lot of the Pathfinder ones, ones, you know, <clears throat> because it's sort of a lot of them are just outdoors set, like forests and stuff like that. They also work well yeah. for sci fi games as well. That's <laughs> sci fi also has outdoors in it, amazingly. What? It's <laughs> always shocking, isn't it? Yeah, I was, I was, I was looking on Reddit the other day. And there were some people who were very upset because they were talking about the Ravnica setting. Hmm. And the whole point of the Ravnica setting, as per the book, is it's a citywide plant, which I've always found a little bit infeasible. But I'm like, well, it's not my game. I'm sure they can make it work with enough magic. Coruscant? Exactly. Classic citywide planet. That, that's your proper sci-fi setting. But apparently in the books and novellas that have been released, hmm. it's actually not a citywide setting. Right. It's a planet-wise setting. The city is very large, but there is definitely an outdoors that you can go to. Oh, okay. Yeah. I know. You I've live just, and learn. I've just learned something. Yes. Oh, the thing that caught my eye, speaking as we were briefly of wargaming, is uh, Mech Frame Zero. Uh, we'll put the link in the show notes, but essentially it's this fantastic idea where you build a giant mecha out of Lego, and you get together with your friends, and it's a rule set to allow you to shoot at each other and blow bits off of a mecha. Quite frankly, that does look like that could consume two to three hours of hilarious Lego building. That does building. sound like fun. Are there rules for building the mecha as well? I, I, I think so. I haven't like got into it in full depth, but I'm hoping with my friend who has the room full of Lego. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like my brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, 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 didn't, he didn't have like you know, a floor full of Lego. No, he has a room full of Lego. Um, and he's, he seems very excited about this prospect as well. So, um, yeah. I was actually shocked when my brother bought a new house recently, about a year ago. And it turns out it wasn't made of Lego. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Shall we do some news? Oh, yes, yes, please. There's some stats that have come out about the top games played on Fantasy Grounds all throughout 2018. Oh, exciting. I bet you can't guess what the top game on Fantasy Grounds in 2018 was. Oh, can we go at the top five? <laughs> <laughs> you, it, you'll probably it, get the right. But go on, let's see what you, what you go for there. Is it Fifth Dead? Pathfinder By Fifth Dead, you mean D&D Fifth Edition? Oh, yes, of course. The Fifth Edition of the Dungeons & Dragons yes. uh, series. Um, then Pathfinder, uh-huh. the first edition of that. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to say um, the third 3.0 and 3.5 editions of Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, and then other Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. How am I doing? Uh, you, you started off well. Oh, okay. And you slipped a little. Oh, You'll yeah. be pleased, though, I think. Oh, well, here, here it is. So, oh. um, number one was, as you said, D&D 5th edition. Mm-hmm. Number two, Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. The D&D edition, 67% of games. Oh, 67. Yeah. That's not the, the pie chart looks like a giant Pac-Man eating all the other games. Because <laughs> 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 D&D's just got this big, big section. <laughs> I'm sure that's not a metaphor. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, so Pathfinder has 12%. Impressive. Mm. Savage Worlds is next. What? Amazing. 5%. 5%? Mm. Get in. 
Nice, isn't it? Um, and these are followed by Starfinder. Yeah, I've got to mention Starfinder, despite having the flip mats literally in front of me. D&D 3.5. Nice. Call of Cthulhu. Oh, get in. D&D 4E. Oh, yes, forgot about Star that. Star Wars. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're using the Genesis. And then right? Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Ooh. It's going to be the play Wars as opposed to... Yeah. Okay, that's... that's, that's it's not it's not a massive swing, uh, but yeah, it's like a there are there are other rock hand games out there, and hearing something that isn't based off Wizard of the Coast or the open game license is um, like fairly newsworthy. I feel hmm. probably why we mentioned it. Yeah, apparently Peso has officially announced the end of the Pathfinder Second Edition playtest. I know uh, it has been expected, but it seems like they're still on schedule. The bad news for those who didn't finish the latest adventure is that the surveys are now closed. That's me. We're still on number four of seven. So we're literally only halfway through. Uh, Scheduling the curse of role-playing game groups everywhere. Mm. Uh, There is, however, good news in the form that downloads are still available on the Pathfinder Playtest website. The uh, Pathfinder Society Organised Play Playtest is still ongoing, uh, with surveys still open for the four released adventures, and there are several general surveys for feedback on organised play focus rules. Organised play being uh, like Adventurers League and so forth, yeah. where it's like you you could just turn up. Right, the Pathfinder Society. Exactly. Which uh, predates the Adventurers League by quite some time. Yes, but um, apparently the fifth edition of Dungeons & Dragons, or Dungeons & Dragons 5e as I call it, because we're good mates now, is uh, is very, very popular and um, apparently quite large. But yeah, no... Um, Yes, but we're talking about Pathfinder. The Pathfinder Society, which is organised play. I I was talking more about the organised play, not to be confused with actual play, which is where people do podcasts. Uh, Spoilers for later in the podcast. So, uh, survey's still open for several released adventures. Uh, Jason Borman said the announcement uh, for the past few months we've been hard at work making refinements to the game, and that work is far from over here in the new year. The rest of the design team and I are going to be a little quiet over the next couple of months as we finalise parts of the game and get it ready to go to the printer. Once that hard work is done, you can expect to start showing off the final version of the game. And they can't wait to show you how it turned out. I'm quite interested to see what they come up with. Yes, yeah. And it's going to be, well, it's going to be what, August, Gen Con, before we find out the final iteration of the rules. We'll see how much of a change it's going to be. Well, if it's sufficiently exciting, I might well try switching over. Yeah, well, I've, I'm quite enjoying the um, the playtest rules. I mean, there are oh. things about it I like and things I don't like so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not so keen on the general sort of um, keywordiness of the system, mm, mm. but I very much like the new action economy. Yes. And I think we've talked before about things like raising shields and all that mm. sort of stuff, which which really, really works really well, I think. And Absolutely. the way spells have different numbers of actions to cast, depending on how complex they are and stuff. Exactly, yeah. So I'm, I'm really enjoying that aspect of it. Yep. Um, I'm finding the, um, the best tree hard to use. Oh, okay. Um, mainly because I haven't got it in hard copy format. I've only got it as a PDF on mm-hmm. my iPad. And mm-hmm. flicking through to find monsters takes ages on my <laughs> iPad. It's, just, it's like, all right, stop the game. I'm going to spend the next 20 minutes trying to find this monster. It, 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 is this a matter of your preparation? Yes. Your iPad? Well, no, for a while I did start <laughs> printing them out, the ones that I was going to need for mm-hmm. the session. But that's, that's, that's a lot of work. A lot of printing. Yeah. And I was uh, running out of cartridges, and nah. I can't keep putting all those out. Uh, so it looks like uh, Silver Griffin Games have decided to stop selling Savage Worlds products, and not only that, all of the um, all the products they've got for sale, yep. they've withdrawn from sale. Wow! 
Ben Overmeyer has cited a change in the license from Pinnacle Entertainment Group that would require too many changes to their product back catalogue to be tenable. Wow, that's unfortunate. Yeah, that, I, that I, would, don't, I don't know what the change actually is, but I'll try and look into that by next week. Yeah, that would be really interesting. Yeah, so they've removed all digital versions of Drive Through RPG yep. and print copies are being sold at conventions with no new print runs being done. Right, uh, affected systems, it doesn't list here, but the company will refocus efforts on their own game systems, including Ether, Ingenium, and the forthcoming Mysteries of Broken World, which is due out later this year. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. This looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so a chap called uh, Artemis Entreri. Oh, oh yeah, sir. Not, not the character from the Drizzt books, presumably, but a real person <laughs> going under that name. You don't know. Over <laughs> on a Tumblr. He's posted a collection of uh, ration packs organised by race. Mm. So you've got things like um, rations for humans, dwarves, elves, halflings and things. Starts with um, bread, cheese, sausage and dried fruit, but then moves on to rations tailored towards all the different sort of Forgotten Realms races. And also sit-down meals for lizard folk, drow, mind players and ogres, including a photo diary of the preparation and tasting of the different dishes. Interesting. I imagine the mind flares, it would be a lot of brains on the Yes, yeah, so I'm not yeah. entirely sure what, what a nice meal consists of for a mind flare. Uh, Do they only eat brains, or is it like brains as a delicacy? Maybe they're just like chocoholics, but brains, brainaholics. Do they like chocolate brains for Christmas, then? Mm, I think they just like the brains. Keep a nasty <laughs> chocolate to yourself. <laughs> that would be a hell of a thing to find in your stocking from Santa, wouldn't it? A brain. A chocolate-covered brain. Just to go that extra bit creepy. Well, I wouldn't object to a brain-shaped chocolate. Yeah, I could see that being good. As long as it was actually chocolate and not brain. No brains were harmed in the making of this (laughs) podcast. That would be unfortunate. Or indeed used. Um. (laughs) Oh, so next month in February, you know Wizards of the Coast and Altarcana series where they release playtest rules? Yes, I am familiar. So there isn't one in January. Really? I had no idea. Um, and that's because they're preparing a major one for February, which is the Artificer class. Ooh. So straight from the pages of Eberron. Yes. Um, the Artificer, obviously, is a spellcaster that treats magic-like technology and it, science rather than as an art form. I, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I find the amount of rules for D&D to be quite large, so I don't generally look at the Unearthed Arcana, but I will say that the Artificer is a name, like the Mystic, of a class that I don't know, but I'm really familiar with because people are very, very excited about the prospects. Well, the thing with classes is they're kind of the big ticket items, aren't they? Yeah. They're big, big plug-in items, as opposed to sort of like a little subsystem for encumbrance or, a, you know, yeah. something for tracking rations or something like that. It's a big upfront, in-your-face edition. So it attracts a lot more attention than a lot of the... It will affect your game quite substantially, the class you choose to play. It is true. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Egg Embry has uh, posted on site a few uh, RPG jobs available at the moment. Oh, yes. And ha- how is, what does Mr. Embry have to um, say? He's listed three of them. Oh, exciting. Uh, the first one is from Pezo, a customer service job, mm-hmm. paying $13 per hour. Okay. It's going to be in Redmond, Washington, USA. Mm-hmm. Full-time job. Okay. Japanami Games. Yep. Um, another full-time job, uh-huh. marketing and communications manager, Ooh. pay to be determined by experience. Uh-huh. Um, the deadline for that one is January the 15th. That's tomorrow. Oh, that'll be yesterday by the time 
anyone listening to this podcast sorry you missed this one guys yeah um, uh, although the employee is not required to be local and can work remote anywhere in the US or Canada I see it's nice in times uh, Atlas Games a full time marketing coordinator uh-huh. 16 to $20 per hour from uh, Duluth Minnesota oh oh it's actually four not three uh, and the last okay. one ha <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I see what you did there, I guess. <laughs> Last one. White Wolf is looking for a new full-time brand manager. <laughs> really? What happens to your job? God. What could possibly have happened to them? I can't think. <laughs> I think people can listen to some of our previous podcasts to find <laughs> out what happened to the old one. <laughs> uh, so this one's located in Stockholm in Sweden. Oh, marvellous, marvellous. Mm. Yeah. Uh, the job posting from the corporation that owns Vampire the Masquerade uses the term stakeholder. Without any trace of pirates. And they just. <laughs> Excellent. Marvellous news, marvellous. Yes. Hey, so Peter, have you, have you tried out that Black Mirror thing, Bandersnatch? I have. I did it on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I did it, yeah, around about then too. Yeah. It was glorious. We we basically had a bunch of drunken idiots, aka my friends, mm-hmm. and we were all in the room uh, whilst watching Bandersnatch, and we made choices by steering by committee and acclaim which meant that whichever option got the loudest drunken cheering, uh, we then followed. Well, I, I, it was the opposite. I played it on my own with Sharon sat next to me, refusing to participate. Was she judging you fiercely? I think she might have been. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you find it? Um, well, I found it immense fun. Really interesting. It's dark. It's super dark. But then it's Black Mirror, of course it is. But but loved it. Loved it. Really interesting. Did you uh, get all the endings? No, no. We, 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 we were basically still at a party and... This was just like about half of us have yeah. gone off to do this. But it, it was fun. We got several endings. Um, and yeah, it was it was definitely a series of experiences. Mm. I, re- I really like the choose your own adventure style that they... Yeah. Do you know what's interesting is choose your own adventure are suing Netflix over it. You what? They're suing Netflix. Because in all the advertising, yes. they use choose your own adventure. Which is going to be trademark phrase. Yeah. Ah, uh, phrase. And, and apparently they were originally trying to secure a Choose Your Own Adventure license. Oh. And for some reason that didn't go through. But they right. carried on just using Choose Your Own Adventure in all the marketing. Awkward. Uh, so now Choose Your Own Adventure is suing them, saying, no, this has nothing to do with us. Right. So what I'm taking away from this is if you want to play Bandersnatch, get in quick before Netflix gets sued and has to take it down. Well, I won't have to take it down because it doesn't say so on the thing itself. Okay. It was just in the marketing beforehand. Oh, fair enough. It's damages for... Well, I suppose Choose Your Own Adventure has no choice but to sue, because if they don't, they will lose their brand. It doesn't quite work like that. But well, well, that's how it worked for Frisbees and some of the stuff that I can't remember. Yeah, but that's a commutative effect over like 50 years. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Anyway, no, so fair enough. Yeah, if, uh, you, if, you, if you happen to forget to sue one person, you don't immediately lose your brand. It doesn't mm-hmm. I think suing a large TV corporation that's done a lot of advertising... It's probably the sort of thing that you really should challenge. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, rest, rest, rest. Yes. Is it time for our favourite game in all the world ever? What, musical chairs? Yeah. I'll, I'll start the music going and then we can play that. <laughs> but in the meantime, for the listeners on the podcast, what we should do is we should probably play our favourite game in all the world ever, which is the game where you read out the Kickstarter title and then I guess the content of the Kickstarter from just the title alone. I believe you scored minus one point last week. That's only because you didn't count the bit where you read out the wrong Kickstarters. 
kicks us that already expired are apparently excuses, excuses. Uh, under the rules of the spreadsheet not eligible. <laughs> okay then. Are you ready? Yes, I was born ready. Woo-hoo. Okay. Make 100 era liars as in L-Y-R-E-S definitive edition. Mm, I think this one would be quite easy for me because this is actually a Kickstarter by Ed Jarrett at Shades of Vengeance Press. It is. Yes. Uh, it's using the error system and it's essentially a cross between Dungeons and Dragons and Baron Munchausen, which is where you're a group of adventurers in the pub and you are attempting to come up with plausible things that or implausible things that you did whilst you were on an adventure, which were yeah. not actually true. He actually told us about it on this very <laughs> podcast a few weeks ago. So, uh, And the difference is, I was actually listening that time. I thought you needed an easy one. So yes, 10 out of 10, you got that one correct. Yeah, there you go. Ed, uh, just slip me a check in the post, mate. That's one. <laughs> okay, we'll move swiftly on to one that hasn't been featured on this podcast. Yeah, we should have Ed Jarrett back, actually. He was quite fun to speak with. Hmm. Yeah. What else we got? Okay. They came... From Beneath the Sea. Oh, fantastic. Um, that sounds like some sub, sub-oceanic horror going on here. Ba, 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 ba. Maybe it's something riffing off Call of Cthulhu. Uh, but I'm hoping for... They came from Beneath the Sea. I want tales of sort of aquatic horrors, like the real Marianas Trench monstrosities that are coming from beneath the sea to rise up and attack. So we've got like a nice setting, maybe a source book for Call of Cthulhu or maybe its own game. Um, but either way, it sounds like a fantastic evening of thrills involving philosophobia. Yeah. Seven out of ten. Not Yay. bad. So basically, it's the B-movies of the 1950s science fiction. Uh, it's powered by uh, Onyx Path's Story Path system. Which oh, okay. obviously is the thing they've used for all of their um, Chronicles of Darkness. Yeah. It's World of Darkness is the White Wolf. Yes. Onyx Path is Chronicle. Is that right? Hello, your editor Daryl here. Paradox Interactive, through their ownership of White Wolf, owns the rights to all of the World of Darkness properties, both the original World of Darkness and the new World of Darkness, the one started with Vampire the Requiem. The New World of Darkness was rebranded by Onyx Path when they licensed the game to Chronicles of Darkness as they were printing new material for both lines at the same time and wanted to avoid customer confusion. As you can see, I don't think there's much they really could have done to prevent confusion in this case. Um, anyway, um, yes. it's the uh, uh, ten-sided dice pool, dice pool system. Okay, D10 uh, dice pool. Yeah, lovely. Yeah. Which is in a lot of sort of vampire and well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, similar to error, really. It's yeah. a solid system. Um, so, yeah, it's. Uh, they say they came from Beneath the Sea, a new tabletop role-playing game encompassing Ooh. the wonder, horror, thrills, and hilarity, 1950s science fiction. Ooh, get in. That does sound fun. That does sound fun. Hmm. Like, that sounds like an amazing set of one-offs waiting to happen. Hmm. All right. Uh, come on. Come on, okay. roll now. Hot streak. Let's do the it. Next one. Yeah. Heck yeah. Oh no. Ah, yes. And this is where the Discord server has come to my rescue because, um, Stax, I totally owe you a virtual beer because you had this and it's about, uh, dice which have on the maximum side, like if it's a D6, it says heck yeah on the, on the upside. 
And on the downside, on the one, it says, oh no, I got a one. Oh man, so I'll give you eight out of ten. It's only D20s. Is it only D20s? Only uh, D20s. It's, it's not a set of dice then. No. Oh, uh, opportunity only missed. D20s, but yes. Heck yeah and oh no. Woohoo. Uh, let's have a look. What's next? This yeah. game does become slightly easier the more time you spend hanging around with people who talk about a lot of RPGs. Yeah, and this one. This one looks very easy. I suspect you'll get it. Treacherous Traps. Mm, I'm hoping that it will be a companion, a bit like a, the Grimtooth's Book of Traps, uh, but this is probably some sort of update to include 5th edition, and will have all sorts of hilarious death traps. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Yay! Um, it is for D&D 5th edition. It contains 250 pre-built traps, ranging in level and severity. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sort of... I think the best traps in D&D and stuff are the ones that you see and that you have to deal with. Mm. Because, like, if you lose, like, I don't know, D10 hit points because a crossbow bolt's hit you, it's like, oh, yeah, great, whatever. Um, annoying, but it's not a thing. Whereas if you're like, well, ahead you see in the shadow of a pillar of light shining down a golden idol mm. on a pedestal. You get your bag of sand... You wear it up and you like going, hmm, bit more sand, bit less sand, pull a bit out. And you swap it around and you just keep the They should put that in a film, yeah. They should. Yeah. They'll probably and then be chased afterwards by some sort of like large, slow moving, but exciting death trap. So you've got lots of opportunity to run away. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that'd, that'd be good. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon they should definitely put that in a film. Yeah. 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 And then I don't know, keep the pace up by having to, if you manage to escape this, being threatened and then doing a runner. Uh, being chased to like whatever your local conveyancing is. I don't know if it would work in D anD D, but maybe some sort of uh, Savage Worlds game. Yeah, you know, a bit of pulp action. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Anyway, uh, moving so on. should definitely make that into a film. Anyway, last one. Yeah, Map Maker Adventures. Oh, well, I was thinking I knew what it was from the first two words, and the last word has thrown me completely. Ah. Um, so it's adventures from a company of someone called Map Maker. Or it might be something that I'd be very interested in, which would be, if I saw Mapmaker Adventurers, I'd really be picking out and hoping that it would be a way to create maps, um, probably whack a hexagon grid over them, and then go into a lot of detail about how to generate what's in here, or like advice, and like be full of tables and interesting bits and pieces and all sorts of things, and maybe even some like extra terrain and exploration options and ways to include those in games. So I'm probably going to say it could be anything, but like I feel a fantasy system would be a strong choice. Hmm. Yeah. Is that, is that if I pick that up, would I be disappointed? Yeah. What what would I in fact would be not be? I know if you'd be disappointed, you might be even more thrilled when you find out what it actually is. But it's not that. Delight me, Russ. Delight okay. me. Tell me. What so it's is. an old school pencil and paper dungeon crawl role playing game. Okay. You belong oh. to the Imperial Expeditionary Force as a cartographer. Ah, okay, yeah. yeah. Uh, and you are assigned to a border town southwest of the Empire, mm-hmm. and so forth. Your team was assigned to a border town southwest of the Empire to investigate a series of frequent strange events. Mm. Uh, the appearance of evil creatures, missing town folk, livestock deaths, the wilting of farmland. Even the church has been sealed by the town guard since the priest carried out a terrible massacre. The town went crazy. 
You will follow the advanced troops who investigate and produce detailed maps and information about the town and its surrounding locations, especially the dungeons. Definitely got an old school feel about it, I think, from, so, from so, reading that. So, so the gameplay is that you draw maps or you're playing a role-playing game and your character is supposed to be drawing maps? I assume your character is drawing maps and you're, you're playing through the dungeon. It's just giving you your reason for going into the dungeon, basically. Oh, okay. Also interesting, no game master is needed. You can play solitary or with up to four players cooperatively against the game system itself. Ah, there we go. Now that does sound exciting. Because obviously that means that you have very little prep to do. Uh, it's one of those that you can pull out and play. Now, that, you, you see, what was confusing me was it sounds, well, this sounds like a plot hook for pretty much an other RPG. Mm. But no, uh, being able to do it against the game system itself brings it into more of a um, interesting cooperative Zero prep game. And that, that, that I can get behind. Mm. Moving on. That is it for our favourite game in all the world. Oh, You did quite well this week. Yeah, well, it makes up for destroying the world with a black hole that one time. <laughs> that is true. That is true. So this sketch, like last week's, is from Richard Kirk. Um, thank you, Richard, for sending in your sketches. We are absolutely excited Thanks, about performing them. I'm not yes. sure I'm going to get through it, but I'm going to do my very, very best. Yes. Try and make it to the end before collapsing. Yes. That's, my, that's always my top tip. If only the sketch had been Ebola victim. <laughs> well, and there you go, listeners. If you would like us, uh, as part of our ongoing thing, to write in a sketch for us and hear us perform it in our own inimitable comedy stylings, then remember that there are only two of us. <laughs> Uh, we do like the call centre format, but we're prepared to entertain others. Yeah, uh, write into Morris Podcast, that's M O W R U S podcast at gmail.com with a short sketch, and we will definitely give it a go. Not well. No, no, God, no, <laughs> no terribly. We'll do, terribly. It, we'll do it very, very poorly, but we will do it. Whee! Um, Come on, please, please try and keep it clean. Top tip. <laughs> with the sketch. Onwards. Thank you for calling the Adventurer's Support Line. This call may be recorded for quality assurance purposes. How may I help you today? Oh, hello. Who is this? It's the Adventurer's Support Line. We offer telephone support to adventurers in need of some advice. Are you not an adventurer? No, I'm just the barman in the Horse and Hydra in Epsmith. It's just, this man came into my tavern wearing full plate armour. Ah, right. Uh, so what seems to be the issue? He ordered a round of drinks. Pretty standard. Ordered a bit of food. Yeah. And then the moment I turned my back, he drew his sword, screamed a blood oath, and attacked one of my regulars who did nothing more than look at him a bit suspicious-like. I see. Within moments, his friends had slaughtered half of my patrons, smashed up one of my tables, and one of them seems to have emptied my till in the confusion. Hmm, that can happen. And then, before the city watch could show up, they were gone. The only clue as to who they were was this small communication scroll I'm using to talk to you. Ah, well in that case you can probably count yourself quite lucky. Lucky? You've just run into a company of adventurers. But aren't they supposed to be like heroes? In theory they are. In theory? Well the trouble is, even the strictest lawful good adventurers do get into fights in taverns. You almost expect it. One funny look and things can escalate to deadly violence immediately. Right. 
Hey, but look on the bright side. Bright side? They didn't burn down your tavern. They did a bit. Oh. At least you have your health. So, uh, this scroll. Yeah, they're bound to be back for it soon, I'm afraid. Probably best just to move. Uh, thank you for calling the Adventurer's Support Line. Please be sure to fit out the survey after the call. Uh, shall we get on to our main topic of the week? Our topic of the week is <gasps> the top 10 podcasts of 2018. Ooh. Eagerly awaited. I know there are lots and lots of podcasters out there wondering where they'll feature in this chart. Chewing their nails. Don't do that. That's unhealthy. And sanitary, some might argue. And ugly. Well, yeah. Chewed nails do not look good. I should know. I've got plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> we we digress. <laughs> guess guess how many votes we got in total. Sorry, I don't know that one. Alexa, Alexa apparently doesn't know how many <laughs> votes we got. <laughs> Let's start again. Yes. So guess how many votes we got in total. Ooh, not more than forty thousand. Uh, you are correct. It is not more than forty thousand. <laughs> yes. Um, was it less than twenty thousand? Yes. <laughs> so it was. Total yes. votes, 9,099 yes. votes. Oh, okay. That's a lot of votes. So my final guess was only out by about 900, which is pretty good game. Hmm. Yeah. Less than 10% wrong. Nice. <laughs> if I could aspire to that heady level of accuracy. So you your first guess was 40,000, so... The, the, technically, technically, my guess was less than... <laughs> was not more than 40,000, which was 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so 9,099 votes in total. Thank you for all the wonderful listeners and website viewers who obviously aren't listening to this, but we appreciate your efforts. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, so uh, what I have done mm -hmm. is I've divided the podcast into two categories. What? Two categories post-voting? Because I, I figure there are two very different types of podcasts out there when it comes to RPGs. Oh, yes. And they're not. You know, they're, they're not really, they're apples and oranges, really. And someone looking for one type yes. isn't going to find a list about the other type that useful and vice versa. So I divided it into, yes, actual play podcasts. Yes. And talk podcasts. An excellent decision. They are so, very different things. Yeah. So actual play podcasts are where people are actually playing a tabletop RPG. Yes. And recording the sounds that they utter while doing so. Interesting. Uh, translating them into electronic format and then distributing them via the World Wide Web. Like a podcast? Like a podcast, almost, yeah. yes. Talk podcasts yes. are things like our podcast, where we're not playing a game, we're talking about games. Yes. So uh, it's advice or news or reviews or all this sort of stuff. Yes. Uh, certainly, um, if you wish to leave us a five-star review saying that you find the show to be interesting, but the plot is very confusing... We will definitely appreciate the show. <laughs> iTunes might be slightly confused, but that's really more their issue, don't yeah. you agree? So which would Not you like to do first? Let's do the actual play. Who came in at number 10? Oh, and this time, after some careful editing, we have made sure that we've actually got the numbers from 10 to 1 in consecutive order with yes. no duplication. Because we're not very good at counting. Some of us are not very good at counting. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, one thing, one thing I would like to mention is just like looking at the list of yes. nominated podcasts. There were 99 podcasts nominated. Yes. If your favorite podcast wasn't nominated, it's because you didn't nominate it. Don't shout at us. 
It wasn't me. We didn't nominate him for the intro. <laughs> we didn't nominate any of them. It, no. was, it, was, it was listeners who nominated it. We didn't even nominate ourselves. I really should have. No, but someone did nominate us, which was very kind of Oh, thank you. Um, well, anyway, um, I did notice that from the list, the vast majority of the nominated podcasts were actual play podcasts. Yes. I'd say a good three quarters of them were actual play podcasts. Nice. Which is, which is interesting. That mm. It's such a, such a heavy skew. Yeah, yeah. actual play. I, 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 yeah, I suppose I just imagined it'd be like 50-50 or something, but it does make a lot of sense. Um, finding stuff to talk about every week is definitely helped by the fact that you are running what the largest website for RPG news in the world. Well, so. yes, but other people can still read the website. It's not like it's accessible only to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know, but it, it, it does sort of help with having content to talk about yeah, on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. Anyway, so we were doing the actual play first. Yes. So we'll start at number 10. And shall we alternate? Oh, yes, let's. Okay, good. Uh, do you want to do number 10 first? Yes, yes, I would love to. So number 10 is uh, Unity in the Tavern, which was launched in February 2017. Uh, it is a continuing epic podcast with the adventures of Tug, Durf, and Carl, which are played by Kirk, Jamal, and Brian, as they navigate their way through their first D&D campaign. Yes, indeed. Or fifth edition Dungeons & Dragons. Yeah. So I can see that being very appealing for a lot of people who've never played, but have only actually watched or listened to podcasts. Mm. Okay, the next one. Yes. Number nine. Number nine, who's that? Danes and Dragons. Danes and Dragons. I'm getting a Norwegian vibe already about having Danish. Oh, no, please don't sue me. No, Danes, not Danes. Oh, Danes. Oh. I was hoping for Danes. <laughs> I was like hoping for like dragons being fought like Vikings, um, swing or, or Norsemen even. No, like I, have, I have a battle axes. I can't talk properly because you have. No. Anyway, no. this one does sound quite awesome. Danes However, and dragons, you so say. It's a, more. it's a fifth edition actual play. Yes, uh, it's got an all lady cast, and they say they have lots of bad jokes, a mystery uh-huh. or two, yep. and some fumbling attempts at heroism. Yay. And they update every other Monday. So it was a bi-weekly podcast. Ooh. Uh, and uh, it is described thusly. Yes. Uh, on a floating island called Estra, yes. three warriors emerge from the great forest to become the goddess's guardians. Ooh. Lyca of the wolf clan mm-hmm. is a tiefling paladin with a heart of gold. Uh-huh. Corbin of the crow clan no is relation. a human druid with a heart that fully believes it belongs to an actual crow. Oh, nice. And Fran of the Deer Clan is a water genocide, genocide, I don't even know how to pronounce that word. I, I would say genocide. But wizard. Yeah. Who may also have a heart. We don't know. Who knows? But that was number nine, Dames and Dragons. Updating every other Monday on your most major podcast platforms. Yeah. Do you want to do number eight? I'd love to do number eight. Apparently, D&D is for nerds. Apparently it is. I don't disagree. Can't dispute it. Not on the evidence in this room. From Sans Pants Radio, uh, which, of course, for those who have learned French, will be for those without pants, because why would you wear pants when you're doing radio? I know we certainly don't. Um, certainly, well, it, it's, it's, making, it's making the NBC suit fit in a particular attractive pants, way. Pants do seem superfluous to radio broadcasting, do they not? Has, has to do good looks and charm. <laughs> 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 That's what we're counting on anyway. <laughs> uh, so, yes, tell me about D&Ds for Nerds. Yeah, um, D&D for Nerds, in which they sit around a table, pretend to be different people, and they play some good old-fashioned Dungeons & Dragons. Uh, stars include Jackson B. Bailey, Joel L. Zamet, someone known only as Cass, 
and their favourite DM, Adam. It's a magic, fun-filled time where apparently a group of idiots annoy their DM and, I quote, choof off to fumble their way for adventures. Uh, based on the motto, you got to risk it for the biscuit. you got to risk it for a biscuit. Uh-uh, the biscuit. The, it, they're definitely using the definite article, and that means they're very specifically after the biscuit. Okay. Which is clearly a important magical item. New episodes come out every Sunday. Interesting. Sans Pants Radio has a range of podcasts, and one of them I did listen to is called uh, Plumbing the Death Star. Yeah. <laughs> which is kind of a science fiction discussion <laughs> podcast. Oh, I see. How would plumbing work on Death Star? Well, I, I, I guess that that idea may have started off the podcast, but they cover mm. all sorts of sort of sci-fi and geekery. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. I mean, interesting that it would be to talk about the importance of water regulations on a small moon-sized battle station. You've probably got more ground to cover in a sort of decent land. Uh, so, Ross, what came in at number seven? Number seven in the actual play podcast chart mm-hmm. is yes. Red Moon Roleplaying. They say they play tabletop games set in dark worlds and turn them into a podcast. Bum, bum, bum. Presumably requires some sort of magic. How could they do that? Turn it into a podcast? Well, it reminds me of the joke about the magic tractor. It's driving down a country lane and turned into a field. <laughs> Why am I laughing? <laughs> it's, I don't know. Why are you laughing? It's not even funny. It's never been funny. No. <laughs> um, so they, uh, they've just finished Curse of Strahd for D&D. Oh, yes. yes, yes. Uh, our previous campaign they had was uh, the Black Madonna, a cult divinity lost. I'm hoping that's like a version of the Black Virgin Mary rather than a popular singer from the... 80s indeed into the present day. I sincerely doubt it has anything to do with the pop singer called Madonna. I know, but at the same time, I'm a little sad that it it might be, because that would be quite interesting. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Um, so that would also be the first time, as we reach number seven, a non-D&D actual play got in there. Yes. Cold Divinity Lost, of course, is a Swedish role-playing game. Oh, uh-huh, okay, yes. I, I think I've heard of it. I think it's Swedish. Past. I've never... I, I've only ever seen it written about. I've never encountered anyone who's actually talked to me about it. Mm. So, but would you like to tell us what number six is, Peter? I'd love to. It's how we roll. So yeah, we're um, getting into the big numbers here. As we're well. getting into at, the big numbers. When you, when you look at some of these podcast pages yeah. and look at the um, sort of number of downloads and all this sort of stuff they've had, mm-hmm. they definitely make our little podcast put our little podcast to shame. How we roll um, from the website? They say if you've got this far. You probably already know that we're a UK and Ireland-based RPG podcast. Our primary campaigns use Dungeons & Dragons 5th Ed and Call of Cthulhu 7th Edition. Hmm. So they've been doing uh, D&D, Curse of Strahd, mm-hmm. and the Dren campaign, which was a custom campaign setting in the aftermath of a devastating war between humans and elves, uh, with high magic, flying airships, curses, and undead making the story extremely memorable. And they've also run Call of Cthulhu, including the two-headed serpent, Bleak Prospect, and idle thought. That sounds quite entertaining. Mm. Yeah, I can, see, I can see that being good. I'm definitely picking up recommendations for my podcast listening. I should hope so too. Yeah, please enjoy the operatic mini break that occurred <laughs> in the spoil in the uh, bonus content. Moving on. Okay then. Number five. Number five. So number five. Big numbers. Um, actually, won in the uh, 2017 um, Academy of Podcasters Awards. 
It won the best podcast in the games and hobbies category. Oh, I say. Well done. It was launched in November 2012, uh-huh. and it's called Drunks and Dragons. Oh, that's marvellous. It's an award-winning actual play comedy podcast using D&D as a framework for creating a mostly improvised narrative. Weekly episodes since 2012. As of December 2017, so these stats are a bit out of date, so they're probably uh-huh. even higher now, it had an estimated uh, 70,000 unique monthly listeners and over 600,000 monthly downloads. They even have an annual convention. Tell me what number four is, Peter. Ah, Dungeons and Randomness. Dungeons and Randomness. Yes, Dungeons and Randomness, which has been going for over five years with over 472 episodes, which you've got to admit is pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Uh, A weekly podcast with multiple groups playing in one world, where their actions affect one another and tell a giant sprawling story. That is interesting. Interesting yeah. as a concept. I haven't heard this yeah. one myself, but no. that, I, I just love the idea of that. I'm gonna, I'm yeah, gonna... you've got Jason Massey, their dungeon master, who I, who I presume is some sort of person who has no need for sleep or other hobbies, <laughs> balancing over 20 players and over 100 characters in a sprawling and epic story. Yeah. That does sound quite impressive. Yeah. And it's been going for five years as well. Wow. Yes. Uh, Consider me impressed. Yeah, I shall colour you impressed with my special impressed colouring crayons. They don't trust me with pencils, not after the incident. Okay, number three, we're into the top three now. Yes. Yeah, and the top three yes. are... Yes. Uh, number three, yes. the top three, <gasps> is... Yes. Androids and Aliens. Oh. Uh, so this one launched yes. in April 2018. Yes. So only... No, a few months before, yeah, a couple of months before ours did. Yeah, basically. Uh, so these are the same guys who do the Glass Cannon podcast, um, which is a, a, a Pathfinder one. Yes. Uh, and this one obviously is focused on Starfinder. Yes. And they are currently playing the Dead Sons Adventure Path in mm-hmm. Yeah. And they describe themselves as follows, set in the distant future. Five strangers find themselves caught in the middle of an interstellar mystery that threatens the very existence of the galaxy. Yes. Join us every week as characters' fates lie in the hands of dice rolls and friendships are ruined over rules arguments in an officially licensed actual play podcast of the Starfinder role-playing game Dead Sons Adventure Path. Exciting times. Very exciting. Yes. So I'll do number two as well. Oh, okay. Uh, because it is by the same people as Androids and Aliens. Ooh. It's the Glass Cannon podcast. Nice. Uh, so Androids and Aliens was obviously started this year. Yeah. Uh, the Glass Cannon podcast launched back in June 2015 mm. uh, with Pezo's Giant, Sp- Giant Slayer Adventure Path. Yes. So they've got an official partnership with Pezo. Uh-huh. Um, they've done various live events and sold tickets Ooh. to them. Yeah, and they say, in the spirit of old school tabletop role-playing games, a collection of five super nerds engaged in an officially licensed actual play podcast of Pezo's Giant Slayer Adventure Path. At least that's what the yeah, current description on the site says. Oh, nice. But yeah, so it's interesting. We've got a Starfinder and then we got a uh, Pathfinder one. Neither of those yes. are D&D. Yes, and um, obviously Androids and Aliens is spun off from the class canon, so... I suppose it's a case of instant audience. I guess. Yeah, a cross promotion. Yeah. For people. So, top one. Number one, actual play podcast. Dum, dum, dum. Uh, the Adventure Zone. The Adventure Zone. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's 
very well known. It was pretty much the first thing people mentioned to me about podcast, the Adventure Zone. Um, I downloaded and listened to it for several episodes. Uh, the Lost Minds of Fandelva is the one they started off with, mm-hmm. which was they did a one off special where the Macquarie brothers, Justin, Travis, and Griffin actually played D&D with their dad, Clint. Yeah, that was actually on My Brother, My Brother and Me, wasn't it? That one? Or was it not? Um, ba, 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 I can't ba. remember how it started. Because these are the guys that do My Brother, My Brother and yeah. Me, obviously. Yeah, I, I think... Um, which I think, is a big, big podcast. I, I think they did it on My Brother, My Brother and Me, which I haven't actually listened to. And then, because people simply said, Oh my God, you're playing D&D! Or words to that effect. Um, they then spun it off into podcasts, which is where I leapt into like several years after the event. Yeah. Hearing about the Lost Miles of Fandelva. They've even had a graphic novel made of it. What? Yeah, back in July 2018, a graphic novel was released of the Adventure Zone podcast. Oh, that vaguely rings bells. Yeah, okay, no, I mean, it It was It was definitely a thing. Um, they've done really big things and they've... Uh, Covered a lot of ground. It, it was it was definitely interesting listening to like grappling with the rules for D and D and so forth and doing their best. And I, th- I think one of the things that really uh, made it very engaging was it seemed really real because it, I, I've been at very similar tables where people are like, uh, I guess I do this. I don't really know, and um, I found that quite engaging. And then it spun off into a science fiction going to the moon section. So well, they've, they've actually played four different, different systems. Yeah. So they started off with D&D. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then they went on to Fate. Uh-huh. Uh, then Monster of the Week, Ooh. which is a system also created by um, Evil Hat, who made Fate. Yeah. And uh, at the moment, they're doing a sort of Wild West with vampires and werewolves no um, campaign mm-hmm. called Dust, which mm-hmm. is using the Urban Shadows system by Magpie Games. So the most popular actual play podcast isn't actually running D and D at the moment. At the moment, yeah, it could run D and D. It has run D and D, and it probably will do again. But okay, interesting. Yeah. There we go. So congratulations to the Adventure Zone. Should you happen to listen to this, that's bravo to the Adventure Zone. So that was the top ten actual play podcasts. Yes, but we've got another ten to talk about. We do. Yeah, the top ten talk podcasts. Yes. So, shall we start at number 10? It seems like a good place to start. It would make it a lot less anticlimactic. <laughs> All right, do you want to start or shall I? Number 10 is Fear of a Black Dragon, mm. which, as we know, won an Emmy in 2018 for Best Podcast. Wow. Yeah, Gold, which is pretty impressive. They consist of two chaps, one from the US and one from the UK, who are doing this presumably over an online... Uh, voice encoding. That doesn't sound likely. I'm sure they just shout really loudly across the Atlantic. Yeah, there's probably like a really long piece of string of pair of plastic Yeah, caps. most probably, yeah. It, it's the most likely turn of events. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they go through things. They uh, reviewed two that I actually had listened to, uh, Scenic Dunsmouth and The Keep on the Borderlands, and hmm. went into a lot of detail yeah, about see, how to use these. I see they've done things like Tomb of Horrors, Ravenloft. The Warlock of Firetop Mountain, even. Shadows over Bogenhaven. Yeah, yeah. Master of Lankmar. There, there, there's, a, there's a whole pile of things. I mean, they they don't produce on the most insane rate I've ever seen because I imagine it's something like, what, every two weeks or something? Because there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff to do and mm. you're not going to want to listen to all of them. But 
because not all of them will be relevant to you. But I think they're, it's very good. They look at a lot of the design and they come in round about the 40 to 50 minute mark, yeah. which I find personally a little bit long, but it, it works well. <laughs> Compared to our podcast, which usually comes in over an hour. <laughs> Indeed it does. <laughs> yes. I think it should be 20 minutes and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> my bid is 15 minutes 15 minutes <laughs> yes. speed podcasting yeah. I think it's the way of the future okay number nine number nine uh, again this is actually one I've also listened to System Mastery which is a, essentially where two chaps talk about in great step it's another review type podcast they look at a system a role playing mm-hmm. game system and then they go and delve into the mechanics and what sort of things you can do, issues with it. And I listened to it for Fifth Edition, Vampire. I think they did Savage Worlds. I want to say there was a D6 Fighting Fantasy. Yeah. I can't remember. It's been a Do they play long. them all? Um, they have played several, but it's not what they're actually doing. They're actually, like, they, they read through the rules. Yeah. And then they go through and talk about either their experiences with them or what they think of their understanding of the situation cool. of the rules. Yeah, uh, I, I think my favourite episode in Fairness was probably the one about Fatal, which is a role-playing game of extremely, <laughs> uh, extremely well-deserved ill repute. Probably, uh, probably described as the worst role-playing game ever made. There is some strong competition because like, you know, the internet is producing a lot of terrible, terrible things these days. But yeah, I think Fatal's crown still is secure, has the very worst role-playing game ever made. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We went into a lot of detail about it. So let's move on to number eight. Oh, yes, yes. Tell us about that one. This one is Gaming and BS. Ooh, I'm trying nice. to think what BS might stand for. Um, um, boat show? No. Um, um, boat boat sinking. Boat sinking? No. Uh, Bovine spongiform encephalitis? No. <laughs> yeah, that must be it. That must be it, yeah. It's BSE. Goodness. <laughs> BSE. Yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously without the brain expanding, so it's just like cows with spongy brains. So I think our listeners do know what BS stands for. Uh, well, if you don't, it's not our place to tell you. So um, this is uh, a couple of guys in uh, Wisconsin in mm-hmm. the USA. Yeah. I think uh, they share a workplace or something, and they talk about D&D. I don't know if they share a workplace or not, do they? I got the impression they did. I could be very wrong. You're just making stuff up again. Making stuff up that I read off the website this morning, yes. Uh, so they, their main topics include things like getting info from players, yeah. seafaring adventures, uh, the OSR, mm-hmm. gaming with kids, playing online, cursed mm-hmm. items and stuff like that. So they have a main topic each week, yeah, yeah. which is well player game related, and they delve into. Mm-hmm. Then they've got a few other sort of uh, segments that yes. they, uh, they touch on. So there's, they've got their random encounter segment. Mm-hmm. which is letters and comments from listeners. Mm-hmm. They've got their die roll segment, which they call 2D4 points of miscellaneous geekery. <laughs> yes. Uh, good old cow drops. Anyway. So, number seven. Yes. Um, which I believe, and this is a point where you call me an idiot and tell Daryl to edit out everything I'm saying. Yeah, I think that's the official Wizards of the Coast uh, podcast. That is, in fact, the official D&D podcast of Wizards of the Coast. Oh, yes. I get that right. I, I, I must confess, like my main clue was it was on D&D, okay. That probably gives that away, yeah. Well, I, I, you'd think that, but I'm super not clear from reading the show description what it's all about. But I think they are doing... 
It's well, an official show, podcast. Show description. Go inside the walls of Dungeons and Dragons for exclusive interviews and previews. Yes. The D and D team sits down each week with celebrities and personalities mm-hmm. from across gaming and pop culture to discuss one of the greatest fantasy brands of all time. We talk about tabletop roleplay, the tabletop roleplaying game, as the latest in D and D video games, comics, novels, movies, and television. Plus, listen to our live playthroughs featuring Penny Arcade's Acquisitions Incorporated. So I can see how that description would be confusing. Well, if you can find it, fair play to you. Yeah. Uh, so this started back in 2016. Yes. And it is the official D&D podcast. I, I, I thought that was going to come in higher, actually. But uh, number seven is still a quite, quite a good showing at Friends Nine Podcasts. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's sort of, if you're listening to RPG podcasts, you may perhaps not necessarily be that invested in just D&D. You might be more interested in the wider hobby. Maybe, maybe. Um, and certainly people who are reading in world and listening to this podcast will have a selection bias to people who are interested in finding out of, of games, who know that games other than 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons exist. Maybe. Yeah, uh, but yeah, certainly they've got a lot of... It seems to be more talking about, just from that description and from the episode titles, Dragon Talk... Uh, is looking, in my opinion, from what I can make out, more at Dungeons & Dragons as a pop culture phenomenon rather than necessarily... Well, as a brand, I suppose. Yeah, like as a brand and how it relates to the world. Uh, yeah. And there is really only so much you can talk about because there's like maybe 12 books and a variety published by Wizards of the Coast. There's a lot of other supporting material out there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I imagine... Yeah, I mean, d and is quite a big topic when you take into account all the live streams and the articles and the, you know, all, all the all the different stuff like that. It's not literally just the books anymore, is it? Mm, mm. Oh, yes, absolutely. As I say, pop culture phenomenon. Yeah, and they can drop things like spoilers for later stuff, hints and tips. Or... Oh, absolutely. It's an important tool of their marketing. Yeah. Uh, moving on to number, number six. Number six. Ooh, what would the smart party do? Excellent name for a podcast. Um, so um, they uh, do things like interviews, in, interviewers, interviews uh, with industry guests uh-huh. um, such as uh, Rob Schwab, uh, Satine Phoenix, uh, Jonathan Tweet, and uh, some guy called Russ Morrissey. Who? He's a bit of a jerk, though. So he's the probably worst. best we don't mention him. Yeah, no, not no, interested. So, somehow he snuck onto their podcast one episode. I, I, I suspect foul play. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you're I'm slightly biased having been on their podcast, but um, you would be. It's fair. Uh, UK and Ireland based, which I did notice and approved of hardly. So they uh, also cover topics like um, first time DM experiences, DIY gaming, uh, the Ennies nominees, downtime RPGs of the nineties, and stuff like that. So there's a couple of guys called Gaz and Baz who yes. basically spent uh, decades talking about games and uh, decided one day to plonk a microphone in front of themselves <laughs> and uh, record the sounds. Nice. And nice. rebroadcast them for all to hear. Marvellous, marvellous. Okay. Yes. Let's move on to number five. Happy Jacks RPG. Happy Jacks. Uh, Happy Jacks uh, is a panel show where they're talking uh, about role-playing games. They cover topics like uh, sandboxes and yes. small D&D games, one-shots, rule zero, Space combat, yep. causes of drama, yep. uh, disparate power levels, encouraging yep. new GMs, things yep. like that. And they have like this weekly tabletop advice show based on topics sent in by listeners. Yeah, Happy Jacks. Uh, they sound like an excellent RPG advice show they're talking about. Yeah. Um, it's been around since 2009, topics. would you believe? 
Did they even have podcasts in 2009? Ten years. Wow. That is amazing. Mm. And they should definitely congratulate themselves on their longevity. I think so. I yeah. think so. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if we'll be here in, what would it be? 2029, 2028. I'll be here in an hour, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's just, Ross only has minutes to live, but he's spending them creating this podcast for you. And, and, you we, and we still have four more podcasts to get through. I believe in you, Russ. What's uh, coming in at number four? Number four is a multi-any winning. Yes. Uh, by a pair of industry veterans talking yes. gaming, yep. history, travel, cinema, politics and food, but mainly gaming. Yes. Um, is Ken and Robin talk about stuff. They do it effectively. They do. So we've got Robin Laws, who created yes. Gumshoe, Feng Shui, Hill Folk, and other things. And um, we've got Ken Height, who's written more than 70 RPGs. And yes. he's worked on things like Star Trek, Gertz, Trail of Cthulhu, Knights Black Agents, and, you know, Savage Worlds. 60 odd other things. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, personally, I've seen them live at a panel. They were very interesting. It was pretty cool. And I really liked, I can't remember the name, Serpent for the Day After Ragnarok, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's a RPG setting for Savage Worlds, which Ken Height created. And it's full of snakes and its basic basic premises. What if the Nazis summoned Jormungandr, the world serpent, to crush the world in World War Two? But this was foiled by a B-52, an atomic bomb, flying into its eye, mm. leaving the carcass of a serpent that would be ready to crush the world, sprawled half in, half out of reality, across most of the world, destroying England and uh, wrecking France. Hmm. So yeah. that was quite good. Ken and Robin, I think those two as a pair. I mean, mm. when you think industry veteran, yes. those two immediately pop to Martin, don't they? They're, no. they're proper... Proper veterans. If you were to ask for advice on good games mastering, Robin Laws did literally write a book. He certainly did. He wrote the book on it, yeah. Yeah. It's a strong choice. Yeah. Anyway, should we move on to number three? Oh, yes. Fear the Boot. I thought this looked uh, like an interesting set of podcasts. I am intrigued. Uh, It's a lot of advice. And they also have some actual play as well. Well, they've been around for a long time. They've got over 500 episodes. Yes. For example, the latest episode yes. uh, was called uh, PCs Like NPCs Like PCs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it covered topics such as being a codependent player, playing NPCs as PCs, strategies for helping the GM with your PC. Um, other recent episodes uh, mm. included things like setting expectations, uh, keeping entertainment of the group as a central focus, player responses to GM error and stuff like that. So it's a sort of general RPG talk show which yes. covers on a range of topics every week. That, that certainly, that last episode alone certainly covers a lot of things that um, I would not necessarily have thought to think about. So, yeah, that sounds good. Number two, we're into the top two now. Ah, yes, the so, Grognard Files. Yeah, so... Yeah. Grumbling old soldiers. <laughs> yeah, so they describe themselves... Well, uh, I'm Dirk of the Dice, mm-hmm. and this is the Grognard Files podcast, talking bobbins about tabletop RPGs from back in the day mm-hmm. and today. Yes. The Armchair Adventurers are a small FRPG group that meet monthly in Bolton. We first got together thanks to a small ad in White Dwarf in 1983. Yeah, that's nice. A while back. That got, is a while back, yes. So we got back together in 2010 to play Call of Cthulhu, uh, Masks of the Arth, 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 Arth,
and playing again reignited their passion for RPGs. So they returned to some more classic campaigns from their teenage years. RuneQuest Borderlands, mm. Traveller Adventure, RuneQuest Griffin Mountain, and Call of Cthulhu Fungi from Yogoth. Um, their interest began to shift towards what had happened to RPGs during their period away from the hobby. And the Grog Pod tells their story. So they have episodes about older games such as RuneQuest and Traveller mm. and Tunnels and Trolls, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, uh, Paradox, all sorts of stuff. Okay, so again, that, that's very interesting. As we get there at the top, despite um, Fifth Dead Dungeons and Dragons being like one of the main hobby, I think the thing is, people don't just play f- uh, Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons. Like, I would play Fifth Edition Dungeons and Dragons at the week- this weekend. It was great. Loved it. Would play again. I'm hoping to, but I also want to play a lot of other games as well. Um, I guess it's one of those things you keep coming back to. Mm. And certainly they have a lot to talk about. Well, should we go on to number one? Ah, The yes. most popular talk podcast on our list. Well, I, I think we can certainly do that, but only on one condition. What's that? Which is that I get to pronounce the, the module from which it from which they derive their name. Ah, uh, fair enough. All right, then. Ah, uh, fair enough. Ba-dum-t. It's a... Never mind. Go on. <laughs> I'll explain the joke in a minute. That will make it funnier. <laughs> That's always makes jokes funnier, Russ. Explain them. Hmm. So, number one is... Well, do you want to do this one, then? Uh, the Good Friends of Jackson Elias. Well, that did ring bells because I think it's in the masks of... Uh, Nialo Thotep. As we know more patiently <laughs> on the Method podcast. <laughs> uh, so it's a lot of talking about the Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu tabletop role playing game, uh, where the three podcasters speak exclusively about the role playing game, the Call of Cthulhu, mm. and the written material. We've met with and got a lot of long time fans. So who, who, Peter, is Jackson Elias? Uh, Jackson Elias is an investigator into cults during the early years of the 20th century. He wrote a, well, fi- he's obviously a fictional character. <laughs> I'd like to like put this out here, but he's a fictional character who wrote a lot of books about various cults and whose main thesis was that cults lose a lot of their power once um, their mystery is revealed. Right. And the ability to cause fear. And in a, like, sort of, sort of I don't want to say ironic counterpoint to this, um, his character is actually murdered by a, a cult. Yes. Oh, sorry, that should be spoilers. Oh, no. Well, it's right at the beginning no. of the adventure, so it, I think it's it fair is, enough. It is right at the beginning, but, you know, it's still a spoiler. It's, so. it's, it's kind of the, th- the thing that sets you off, isn't it? Your instigating incident, which draws them all together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I've played about half of Basque's and la 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 No, that's half more than I have. Yeah, so the good friends of Jackson and Lies, they talk about um, Call of Cthulhu. Uh, they also talk about other things like horror films and weird fiction and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But generally, um, it's Call of Cthulhu. Um, and they've got sort of episodes on things like uh, making combat more interesting, uh, the mythos as religion horror gaming in the modern day stuff mm, like that yes and they are our most popular talk RPG podcast of 2018 it's very impressive so congratulations to the good friends of Jackson Elias bravo well bravo. done yes um, out of 9,099 votes yes they came in at the top 
Impressive. Talk RPG podcast list. Yes. And the top of the actual playlist what? was the Adventure Zone. So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's it for the week. I have survived, somehow survived, to the end of the podcast. I don't know how I managed that. I need to up that cyanide dosage in coffee. <laughs> I'm, yes, I'm surprised you managed to survive. Drink up, drink up, old chap. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you are the cause of my Ebola. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully I'll be a bit better by next week. Yes, absolutely. And if you're and not... return to my normal sparkling form. Then, and if not, then um, we'll be doing an improvised episode, which will consist of Russ doing his best impersonation of Malik Maleficent and me hopefully talking like a normal person. Yeah, so. yeah. I think it's safe to say that uh, listeners to this episode have not seen me at my best. But hey, what are you going to yeah. do? I struggled through. I did it anyway. Oh, I right. made it to the end and I'm still alive. <coughs> I, I remember if you enjoyed the podcast, tell your friends. And if you didn't enjoy it, tell no one. Exactly. Um, one last plug for our Patreon. Woo. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash Morris. Please do, you know, buy us a coffee or something or yes. a beer. And we'd be ever so grateful and it'll help us continue to do this podcast. And it might even save my life. I might even not die if you support our podcast. It helps keep me in cyanide pills. Let's see if we can finish him off. <laughs> one, of, one of those two things. One of those two things. Yeah. You don't know which, but one of those two things will happen. Legal disclaimer, I'm not actually trying yes. to poison myself. I promise you, if you support this podcast, either I will die or I will stay alive. One of those two things will happen. Guarantee. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Uh, as ever, it has been a pleasure. Less pleasurable than most weeks because I am, as I said, dying. But yeah. I'm sure it was a pleasure for Peter. Yes, absolutely. Uh, as ever, thrilled and delighted to be here. Particularly proud of my fantastic score in the greatest game in all the world ever. <laughs> Make up for the many, 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 many weeks in which it was less stellar. Uh, <laughs> but yes, um, so I guess uh, I guess it's time to say goodbye. Yeah. Well, goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much. Until next week, this is me, Russ, signing off. Uh, Pete Coffee from Southampton Guild Royal Players. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. Goodbye. Well, what a disappointment that was. I have some thumbscrews around here somewhere. Maybe after a bit more torture, their podcasting might be a little less excruciating. <laughs> Do you see what I did there? <laughs>